Welcome to Run This World. My name is Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former pro athlete turned entrepreneur. Each week, I'll bring you insights and inspiration from some of the world's greatest visionaries who will help you run your world in ways that you didn't even realize were possible. All in the framework of the amount of time it takes for the average person to run a 5K. That's 36 minutes and 38 seconds, give or take a mile. We often go long, so get ready. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's get this workout started. Hey everyone, I hope you're having a great day. Um, I am because I am dying to share today's episode with you. Um, There are two women who have recently been in Boulder for our Skirt Sports 13er 5K 10K weekend, plus they are both Skirt Sports ambassadors, plus they are both repeat customers on the Run This World with Nicole DeBoom podcast. Um, And I finally had an opportunity to get them both in the same room with me at the same time. And uh, we had a rowdy, raucous conversation that went deep at times and hilarious at times and kind of nasty at times. (laughs) So I want to start out by, before I introduce them, letting you know that Today's episode definitely includes some explicit language. I will mark the episode as explicit, so maybe you'll see that if you're driving with young children or um, uh, listening in a public place, there are definitely swear words thrown around and some interesting body part language. We do have a whole section on lady problems And uh, there are names for different body parts that I've never even heard of. So I just wanted to let you know right now, um, of course, this is most likely piquing most of your interest even more because like me, many of you love to live in the gutter when we can and be kind of hilarious goofballs and let it all hang out. Um, So with that in mind, just please make sure that you sort of censor your surroundings on this one. Um, So let me tell you about these two incredible women. First of all, I guess I kind of want to call it like the L and M and N show because it's all three of us, really. Uh, Latoya Snell also goes as Running Fat Chef, um, incredible woman uh, from New York. She is an ultra athlete doing all kinds of cool things to help pave the way in fitness, especially for plus women. Um, and African-American women, because there is definitely a lack of that population in many of the different fitness activities she does. And so she's really seen as a role model to so many people who aren't sure if they can move their bodies and do the cool things that LaToya does. Um, She's also a chef and like a fledgling photographer. Her husband's a pro photographer. So she takes, she's got some incredible imagery, some really cool videos on her social channels. I encourage you to check her out. Um, that's the L. The M is Myrna Valerio, the Myrnavator. This is literally, I'm not kidding, her fourth, um, her fourth time on the show. I had her for two full episodes. She made a small appearance in one little fun trial we did. Myrna is definitely a barrier breaker. She has been on the show so many times and is in the public eye right now because like LaToya, she's also representing a population that 
you know, isn't, hasn't been told in, I'm making generalization here, of course, but hasn't been told that they can do things like run a hundred miles, um, climb mountains, just do things that break them out of their mold. So on that note, um, Myrna this year was named one of National Geographic's uh, Adventures of the Year. She's just like on a freaking tear. I love her. She's also an educator. She's a speaker of languages, a singer of songs. She's got tons of skills. And by the way, best-selling author, um, a beautiful work in progress. You've got to read that book as well. Um, and then myself, of course, I'm just the facilitator, but the reason I kind of bring us all together is because we really do have one common mission, which is to help lift and elevate others. Yes, that's it. You know, we have our own sort of selfish and personal pursuits, but through that, all three of us have a bigger perspective on why what we do is important. Um, we're all a bit crazy and we've all been knocked down a few times, but we find beauty in the journey and we want to share it along with a little fun and a little humor. All right, so we will get them on in one second, but before we do, I want to remind you about this little company called Skirt Sports. Yep, it's the one I started all those years ago um, in 2004 to be exact. Through June, we've got a discount for you. It is RTW Podcast 15. You use that code for 15% off anything on skirtsports.com or in our Boulder store. All right, then we've done it. Housekeeping done, introductions done. Let's bring these two beautiful women and incredible energy on the show today. Get ready. Mm. Awesome. Okay, oh, yeah. so this is what's really cool. Mm. We're starting a podcast interview, and Myrna's already doing social media for right. it. Exactly. It's like yeah, we're already, like, yeah, we're both like already on it. Like we're, it's our, we're already yeah. famous, mm-hmm. and um, we haven't even started. Yeah, like why not? Why not? All right, cool. So, uh, how you doing? Mm, great. Oh yeah. How's your? Uh, great. You got your podcast voice ready? I do have my podcast. Would you like me to do my yeah. NPR voice? Oh, oh that would be great. Voice. That would be even better. <laughs> And by the way, I think we're going to have to like, so, okay. Hey, everyone, this is so cool because we're doing a double podcast. And the last one I think I ever did was Kim and Jake from Kim and Jake's. Mm -hmm. And they were like kind of fighting that day or something. (laughs) It's really funny. So we called it out immediately because you got to get all that shit out of the way. Are we fighting? Are we fighting? We We could be. Oh. I don't know. Okay, let's just not fight no, for today. Mm-hmm. No, we could be good. Okay, so we've got Myrna Valeria, the Myrnavator. Myrna, you must speak so they can tell whose voice is whose. Um, this is the Myrnavator. <laughs> <laughs> and like, okay, how does it feel to have a nickname that people literally come up to you in airports and they're like, are you the Myrnavator? Um, it feels a little um, strange, but it's kind of awesome. It is kind of I'm not awesome. going to lie. No, it's so cool. <laughs> and then um, you're also a repeat guest as your third or fourth appearance on the <laughs> podcast. But I mean, I wish you could have you on every day. And then um, to my left Hi. is Latoya. Hello. 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 Um, so awesome Um, LaToya is also a repeat guest yes but the last time we did this we were on Skype so what's really cool Mm -hmm. is you guys are live here in person because of the skirt sports retreat we just had and not just the retreat but the 13er right 
Okay. Well, so one let's. Of us anyway. Aww. <laughs> Is that shade? Oh come on, that's right. <laughs> I mean, Myrna, you're never a spectator, so you had exactly. to like enjoy it. This I did time. enjoy it. Mm. So I have like zero agenda for this podcast because I figured with two people with such big personalities, we're going to let the conversation do what it does. And then I got kind of scared thinking about that. Um, (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, we're completely safe. I know. Well, let's talk actually about the 13ers. So Latoya, let's give you some props here because you do not live at altitude. No. So tell us about like where you live now and like coming up to altitude and what this journey has been like. Oh, man. I got so many warnings from my Instagram following. If I had another person that sent me a message to tell me to drink water, I probably would do a bottle of water at someone. Um, I actually threatened part of my Instagram feed. Please do not tell me anything more about water. And it just gave me 15 more messages telling me to drink more water. Which their hearts were in a good place. Latoya, did you drink enough water? You know what? I'm Wait, look at, at you. Do you want to know what's sitting right in front of Latoya? Right water. Now? The first thing I gave her was two bottles. I have a bottle of water and I have a glass of water and then I have the um, espresso oh, <laughs> yeah, special coffee which also has water in yes, it yes exactly but um, altitude is um, it's not as scary as I thought it would be I have to be honest I was scared everybody everybody gives me their horror stories oh I had headaches for days I feel sick um, you know you're gonna have to sleep all day so you know I think Myrna was kind of like my buffer of like um, just chill just chill for the first day um, relax. It's not that bad. It's only like 5280. Um, you'll be okay. And literally when I got off the plane, it was not that bad. Now I will admit that the dry mouth and the mm. congestion mm-hmm. was something to get adjusted to. Cause I woke up and I'm like, why did my mouth feel like paste? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's tell everyone too, where do you live normally? Oh yeah. I live in Brooklyn. I live Brooklyn. in Brooklyn and house. Um, yeah, I live in Bed-Stuy. So you know that we're at sea level. So it's a drastic difference. I'm used to humidity. The first thing I noticed when I got off the plane of how much, despite having the congestion, how much I was able to breathe. 90 degree weather. Yeah. And I couldn't help but rave about how much I couldn't tell it was 90 degrees. Like New York, 90 degrees is disgusting. Disgusting. Is it the humidity? Yeah, the humidity yeah. sucks. And the dirt and the... Yeah, the oh, pollution. Right. The yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the city, probably. I mean, the city, like, everybody's in cars or buses or all that stuff is in the air. And eventually, like, you feel it. So I tend to run at, like... I'll say as crack of dawn. <laughs> Sorry, I already yes, said shit. Yes, yes. This is an explicit podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but um, yeah, like, you know, I tend to go early in the morning or I wait till late at night where it kind of settles. I yeah. don't like to go during the day. But out here, it's so weird to actually be able to do this at 12 o'clock and feel okay. It's just yeah. the altitude. Well, mm. you know, I like to describe it too as like down in a humid area when it's hot, it's like you're you're steaming in a steam cooker. Right. But at altitude, you're just dry roasting in an oven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yes. it's still hot. Yeah. So you eventually do acclimate and stuff, but um, but it's really cool to have your eyes open to like see what this would, yes. how it affects your body and right. how that air feels. Yes. Yeah. I love it. And so how to feel in the race? During the race, um, I kid you not, even with Myrna's warning, of it could be a little deceptive at first. Like the first couple of miles, I'm like, why am I so tired? So quick. And then I looked back and I was like, 
Oh, there's an incline. I couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't uh-huh. see it for so. It, it just looked kind of. Well, you know why? Because you're looking at fourteen thousand foot peaks. Yes. So you're like, well, we're not going up those. Yeah. So it doesn't like, feel like a hill. Because I'm not used to being winded like that at mile one. Right. Like I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, maybe I'm probably gonna lose a couple minutes. I did not expect it to take me three hours and thirty minutes. Um, but I'm not. I wasn't hard on myself. I'm looking at all of these runs as a training run, like thanks to this one next to me that we will not mention any names. <laughs> she talked me into the Havelina 100, um, 100K. And that was uh, Myrna's big kind of breakout yeah. ultra that right. got a lot of attention. Because when and, I read oh the God. book, I, my initial reaction is she's nuts. Yeah. Um, and and I most wrote people, her. most people think mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But why did you think that? Because other people do ultras too. Did you just think all ultra runners are nuts, or Myrna specifically? Oh no, no, <laughs> I think we're all nuts. I think no. I mean, I'm convinced that we're all a little nuts. But yeah, that, but it's it's, a, it's not a bad way. It's a beautiful way because if you're not in the running community, it's hard to understand it of what we're looking for and everybody has something different. But the common denominator um, with it is. It's, that, it's like a beautiful high. It's an indescribable high. Some of us are looking to grieve. I'm one of those people. I'm looking to grieve. I'm looking for a different type of thrill. I'm always looking for a different type of challenge because I get bored easily. Uh, I like to call it the unofficial ADHD diagnosis. Oh, unofficial um, though, yes. just self-given? Yeah, self-given. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm, I'm actually getting evaluated for right now, so it might be actually legit. Oh. Um, yeah, because I kept I kept talking about how I can't, I can lose my focus, but running keeps me focused, like uh, painting, anything yeah. art or bright colors. Um, those are the things that can keep me focused. Outside of that, I live on a calendar. It's the only way I can really right. think out the rest of my day. Otherwise, it's like a big fog. So I did actually go to a therapist and they're like, have you ever been evaluated for ADHD? And I'm like, hmm. I'm like, no. I'm like, you know, like, it's kind of like taboo. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, that's that's how my family kind of looks at it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with you. You don't need a doctor. You just need some sleep. You know? <laughs> well, and this is interesting, mm-hmm. yes. you know, because, and Myrna, chime in anytime sure. too, yes. but like, I think that diagnosis is a little newer. Like when yes. when I was a kid and you guys were kids, they weren't like diagnosing yeah, that, no, but like no. it's just run around in circles. Yeah, some kids were just sort of like the problem children, and mm-hmm. they just like had so much energy that their parents, like Michael Phelps said, mm-hmm. they threw me in swimming because I couldn't control myself. Right? And, um, you know, they make you so so. Maybe they all had it too. Maybe yeah. well, it's been I, going on for. But forever. I also think you know, just coming from an educator's perspective, um, as uh, as our society has become more sedentary, mm-hmm. uh, we don't necessarily all have those outlets to be physical and you right. know to tire ourselves out. We don't. We're sitting in front of screens half the day or most of the day, yeah. um, and we're you know we're sitting in we're sitting at our jobs. We're not engaging in the the level of physical activity that we used to so so that definitely changes the brain and how it operates so i mean like i think that it's overdiagnosed i am not a medical right, professional no, you know but i think i mean they're definitely people whose brains work in a, in a in a different way yeah um and that doesn't mean that it's worse or, or wrong or anything um i think we our society needs to change um, to accommodate those brains. Right. So, um, and I think physical activity is definitely a part of it. You know, 
last night, actually, Myrna, we were talking about Wilder's reading. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, she's learning how to read, but like she'll read a page sitting still because like you think you have to sit still next to your kid and point to the words. And then suddenly her hands are moving around and fidgeting and she's reading and her legs are spinning circles around her and she's still trying to read. And Myrna's like, yeah, she's a busy girl. Mm -hmm. She needs to move. I think I said, she busy. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what you said. (laughs) It was awesome. But you said, why don't you try walking around the yard reading? And I was like, well... I didn't, why didn't I think of that? Have you tried doing... Um, I haven't tried with, any of that. With my son, I did high pitch. Like, I used to make up stories off the top of my head, and I would have him chime in. And that was how we engaged him in reading different things. We recognized, like, with him, if the book doesn't interest him, it's going to go to the side. Right. But, mm-hmm. and you know, the thing is, uh, my husband is a stickler. He's old school. He's like, mm-hmm. um, you're not going to have a book with a whole bunch of pictures in it. You're going to read this novel, and you're going to like it. And you can't force that on kids. Um, he calls me a little bit of a hippie. And I'm like, I'm okay with that, because whatever way that he reads is what the way that he's going to read. Right. Um, so what I used to do is I elevate my voice and get high pitch, you know, um, <laughs> get very animated. And yeah. I engage him in the most boring of stories for me um <laughs> because i'm not really a and sci-fi the fan yeah. fell from the yeah, tree exactly and <laughs> he just wanted to know like you know like who are these characters and i was just yeah. like and you have to find creative ways of stimulating people and i tend to be that person mm-hmm. i love nonfiction. i can read nonfiction cover to cover but if it comes down to sci-fi or fiction, you lost yeah. me. Probably 10 pages in. Mm. You know, and it, it takes a very, I have to find a way to identify a character in that story and say, how can I relate to it? And if I can't relate to them, even in the fictional, in the most absurd of fictional stories, mm. I'm not with it if I can. Or I have to like fully invest in that character. Either I completely love them. Or I hate him. But they're also but they're also kids that really just need to move. Even right. though they're the, the yeah. material is interesting, the content is like amazing. But they're kids, I mean, I used to teach in a school where the kids just needed to move all the time. Right. And so, you know, whether that meant, you know, having people like sit on the floor or sit on a bouncy ball mm-hmm. oh, um, so the bouncy while they're ball. reading. Um, and I, you have bouncy balls downstairs. Uh-huh. Many of them. <laughs> and <laughs> um, and um, you know, just like letting them move. You know, because we've we've trained mm-hmm. ourselves to not move, and, and we're humans. We move. That's what we do. Yeah, and then we so, do fidgety. Yeah, yeah. so that's what, that was you know. me in, in school. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved educate. I loved mm-hmm. learning things. Mm-hmm. But after a while, I'm like, okay, I want to take a nap because mm-hmm. I'm so adjusted and too comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. the type of person that sits in the sofa and you fall asleep. Oh yeah, she's so seen it many numerous times. times. I'm I'm <laughs> notorious for getting in the middle of a sentence. In the middle. Oh, I'm not gonna have food in my mouth too while I'm doing it. <laughs> It's just it's like narcoleptic almost. It's kind of scary. It's really scary. Well, here's what I love though is like you've taken this need to, you know, move and this, I don't know, desire for different kinds of highs and thrills, both of you. Mm-hmm. And you discovered a sport that is not like a sport that the people who relate to you normally would immediately gravitate to mm-hmm. ultra running right right mm-hmm. like plus size runner maybe you start with a little 5k right no you're doing the hobbling 100 <laughs> exactly. you're doing spartan like beast races yes you know yeah. um like what about those kinds of events called to each of you 
I'll start. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know I can go on forever. <laughs> <laughs> I do know. Um, so can I. So can I. Shade, but um, <laughs> no shade here, honey. No. no. Um, I, you know, I really love to test my body and to to test the my own perceived limits and to see how far I can push myself. Um, and you know, I think a bonus of that is that I get to challenge other people's perspectives or perceptions of who I am, what I can do, what I can't do mm-hmm. by doing these things. And I, you know, that is not the reason I do it, but um, it's, it's, you know, it's a cool, um, it's growing you know, it. yeah, um, a cool thing. And so, but I, that also allows other people who maybe formally thought, or maybe who still think that they can't do great things with their body or they can't do great things in general. Um, and so that, that it pushes that boundary, that, that, that physical boundary, that mental, spiritual boundary, um, you know, for myself. And I think, and as people watch me, you know, because our lives are, watch us, because yeah. our lives are very public. Right. You know, they, here, here are two living examples of, you know, of the amazing things that the body can do. Right. Well, and you know, actually, it kind of leads me to want to talk about your hecklers because you both had them. Oh, boy. Either in yeah. person or <laughs> online. And yeah. it's it astounds me that there are people out there who want to spend their time trying to tear people down mm-hmm. instead of lifting and elevating. So to, you know, maybe give an example of something that surprised you or the first time you experienced someone being negative about your journey. Mm-hmm. And how you handle that? Mm. You can go first. Oh man. Um, well, uh, if anybody's been following my journey, uh, the thing that made me go viral was being heckled at the New York City Marathon between miles twenty-one and twenty-two, which is basically somewhere around the Harlem section. Um, it threw me off. I hate to say it, I became a bit desensitized to the online hecklers. Uh, my tactic before, as you saw plenty of times, <laughs> my tactic of going about hecklers before was to heckle them back. Um, I call myself the reverse troll. Um, <laughs> I hate bullies. I've hated bullies all of my life. And I found myself at this point where I was like, I have this big voice and I have these arms. And, you know, it was almost like I find myself these days um, trying to redo my childhood in a sense. Uh, I'm a high school dropout to put myself out there. I'm a high school dropout. And the reason why I'm a dropout is because I lacked seven gym credits. And ironically, I find myself here. Gym. Gym. That's yeah, amazing. that shouldn't be that hard to amazing. make up. Yeah. Like gym. Like, it was a problem. <laughs> Can't you just yeah. get credit for yeah. like seven workout videos you put out there? Yeah, I know, right? No, I, I, I ditched so many classes. I mean, and I look at it as my do-over. Passively, I look at it as my apologies to my mom. Because mm. uh, she was just so devastated. My dad was just like, you know what? I completely understand it, and I get it because he did the same thing. And he was like, it's just not for me. For me, it was more like the community that I was in. Yeah. Um, I was boxed very early. I was one of those people, and I still struggle with it. Where I'm scared of my success. Of yeah. is not so much of being successful. Uh, it's the fear of what others perceive of your success. Mm. Where. It's almost like the, it's like it's the reason why people I think um like why some people actually heckle some people heckle for different reasons it's because they've been brought up on these stereotypes or these thoughts that people are not supposed to do certain things because that's what they've been conditioned to do and they pass it down to their kids generations for generations you just have some who are just elite snobs mm-hmm. who feel like 
only this type of person can be in this. And if any other people are included in this circle, now it's going to damage the product, you know, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, it's, it's different things that motivate people. Or it can be as simple as misery love company. Mm. So you have to look at it. Why, a lot of people ask me, why do I challenge? Why do I question? I feel like you have to ask those reasons why. Because you have to realize it's not you. It's never it's nothing you. to do with it's you. It's nothing to do with you. It's really something that's built and ingrained in that person that they're trying to throw off onto you. I, I see a lot of people projecting their fears to me mm. about racism. Yeah. And my constant fear of the only fear I have of failing or essentially not showing up, because there's no failing if I'm showing up for a race, right. um, even if I DNF. Um, I feel like I had to encounter that thanks to my, my buddy here <laughs> introducing me to trail marathons, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. but I feel yeah. like you have to embrace that suck to know what it feels like, to know yeah. that you're going to survive it. That is not the end of the world. It should keep you going. It's a motivator, but not showing up, not starting or allowing others to dictate what you're going to do. Mm. That's the failure. And that was the failure I was used to for 20 plus years because everybody else told me what I couldn't. So I started this journey essentially to prove to people it was it was completely cocky of and health based um, mm-hmm. because I wanted my life back. Um, it was to prove to others I can do this and you can kind of kiss my you know what. Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> kiss my ass my is what ass. she means. <laughs> my anus burger. But um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we went there. Yeah, right you know, there. yeah, but um, you know, it's it's evolved. Every I find myself every six months to a year where the the message has evolved. It went from a personal journey to others watching my journey, and it scared me. But it through others sharing parts of their journey, it helped me become as transparent as I am, mm. and it's beautiful. So now it's not just for me; it's for others who feel like they can't. Mm. And you have to eliminate yep. can't from your vocabulary. You don't know what you cannot do unless you try and you attempt it. And even if it doesn't work the first time, you look at these things as practice runs, practice drills for the real thing. Okay, yeah. um, there yeah. were like 5,000 nuggets in that. <laughs> like, I think we could just stop right now. We nailed it. But, you know, I mean, you're absolutely right. There's so much in here. And I love the idea of the eliminating can't. But if Mm. people don't have a role model, it's hard for them to visualize themselves doing it. But you broke out of being a high school dropout. Mm -hmm. And you took those steps forward to kind of turn your life around. And look at you now. Yeah. And I'm still still growing. You know, I'm still (laughs) growing. We're still growing and Um, going and all of it. Like, I mean, the, the hardest part was the mental. Mm. Losing, like, I mean, I started this to lose weight. Uh, And once I lost the weight, I realized the happiness wasn't there. A lot of people are deceived by this idea of, oh, if I achieve a certain number or a certain look or a certain type, a certain body type, that means it equates to happiness. And it was the most miserable part of my life. Uh, I've put it out there on my blog of going from my first marathon training. I was drunk at least five days out of the week. Um, during my marathon training, it was the most stressful period. And all these people were like cheering me on. Oh my God, you're doing so good. Literally my routine was I would wake up, I would not see my son, which completely depressed me. The culinary industry is 
really harsh for a lot of people in this industry, um, especially if you have a family. So you were working as a chef. Yeah. yeah. So here I am working as a, at the time I was a line cook going into expediter, trying to go, um, go into sous chef. The hours would be scheduled for eight hours. Realistically, it's 10 to 12. Mm -hmm. And they had this incentive at one of the restaurants I was working at that you can have a bar drink after every shift. One bar drink turned into six. I found myself going to the local pub. And there's like a community where everybody's on the same block. So we'll share this food for you to have free drinks. It was like a poison because I would go there. I would be completely drunk. And then I would go to the Planet Fitness and would work out, and then at the end of it, people can smell the alcohol on me. Mm. Like the like the staff was completely like at first they were like a little concerned, um, and then they just got used to it. And it was like like one of them was like, "Honey, you got to stop this," because I was like passing out in the chair. I would go in like the mm. the massage chair. Was it like a coping yeah tool for you? Yeah, it was coping to... tool for me because uh, for from what though? One, uh, the feedback transitioned from you're fat to you're too skinny you need to put on some more weight um you look like you're doing drugs what what's wrong with you then was that like was, from family from members oh god and friends those and, are the worst ones because yeah. i mean an outsider that i don't know it's not gonna bother me my my response right. to it is um pardon me fuck you that's my yeah. response but yeah. were you unhealthy skinny no or were you healthy i was healthy but okay. i was still taking feedback from others of right. everybody's quick fix of what I'm supposed to do mm, and to a uh-huh. point where it became unhealthy. Yeah. I got off the train one day, I lost my vision, lost my hearing, completely heated up, and it turned out I was actually starving myself and not realizing I was. And I'm like, I was like, do I look like I missed any meals? This is after they picked me up from the restaurant. I passed out in the restaurant. My entire staff like crying, scared. They're like, what's going on? What like, you know, they're screaming at me. I can't even hear them. Right. Um, I get to the hospital and they pull on a, um, a psychologist, they, um, a therapist in a room, emptied out the entire room. It's like a little team. They're asking me questions and I'm like, are you starving yourself? And I started laughing. I said, do it look like I missed any meals? And they're like, no, we're serious. So I told them what I was doing and they're like, 1400 calories is not enough for somebody that's running 25, 35, 45 miles a week. Right. It's starvation. So by the time we did the math, some days I was probably getting negative 500. Yeah. And then there's some days that I was probably getting at most 250 and my body eventually crashed, dehydrated. Mm-hmm. And you learn quickly. I hate to say, I don't want others. To, that's the reason why I'm so transparent. I don't want others to experience it that way to learn that this is the wrong way of going about it. And you have to learn what things to listen to and then treat it like, like going to the bathroom. You're taking all the nutrients, flush the rest of it down the mm-hmm. toilet. Oh, I like that. And I wish we could all do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's hard. It's a process. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Where are we? Yeah. Where I know. We we're like all over the place. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe I want to. I want to come back to. You know, I mentioned the Myrna. You brought this up last night, two nights ago. Tim and I were sitting around watching Game of Thrones. Oh, and oh God. Okay, now, now you right. lost me. You lost exactly. me I'm, I'm not a Game of Thrones person. Right. Yeah. Well, and Myrna said the same thing. And I said, why? And she goes, well, I can't really relate to anybody on the show. And I said, why? There's like a lot of sex and scandal and all kinds oh, of stuff. Oh, that's great. As if that's, as if that's Myrna's I love life. sex and scandal. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And yeah. duh, aren't you involved in a lot of sex and scandal? Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
Well, there's also like horrible beheadings and things like that. Mm. But anyway, mm. you know, the point was this idea of like, it's easier to embrace someone as a role model or include them in your life when you can relate to them. And yeah. so yeah, that's yeah. part of what makes both of your journeys and maybe Myrna being kind of like the front runner mm-hmm. so freaking powerful is yes. that you're kind of breaking through some stereotypes. Yeah, I think... Um, you know, like when, uh, for example, when I was on the cover of Women's Running Magazine uh, last year, um, Go I, I, uh, oh. it wasn't my favorite photo. <laughs> oh. I loved um, it because you were wearing. But, skirts well, I was wards. wearing skirts, wards. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it was it, that whole the whole experience was like really iconic for me. Um, but I. But, personally because uh my mom was there at the photo shoot and it was the first time that she had like summited a small mountain and uh she was also in skirt sports (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah Yeah. Uh uh-huh and um and it just had me it had me uh you know very emotional because she um we were worried about her like walking up this like very rocky trail because she had had surgery like leg surgery a few months before um and she had been previously had a lot of mobility issues and so we um so we so i was worried so worried and she's like i got it i got it i'm gonna do it just you know i'll i'll It'll take me a while, but I'll do it. And she did it. Mm. And she was so freaking proud of herself um, for getting up on top of that. It was, it was, a, it was a big hill, but it was, you know, it was, it was pretty difficult. You know, something that was, that's pretty easy for me to do. And so, but also, you know, the fact that I got to be on the cover of a magazine oh. and my big body, my black body. Yes. Um, and, um, you know, it was just me being up there, but but there was no mention of, you know, uh, on the cover, you know, here's this plus size runner, here's this, that, right. this, here's trail runner. It was like ultra inspiring trail runner or something. Um, and uh, and so that was cool that there were a bunch of labels attached to that. Right. Um, sometimes I think you do need labels to bring people in, but um, yeah. And yeah. so, but seeing is believing and so when you have role models when you have people to look up to whether they're people that are close to you whether they're that they're whether or not they're people in the media or you know or just normal people like you and i um you know having a a small spotlight um it makes things more approachable yeah attainable um achievable Oh well, here's and, and and people say this to me all the time. Well, I don't don't be offended by this, but but I looked at you and I said, well, if you can do it, then I can, and I love that. That is mm-hmm. that is absolutely what I want to happen. If Myrna Valerio can do it, if Latoya Snell can do it, then maybe I can try to do a 5K. Maybe I can try, maybe I can go to the gym Mm -hmm. without feeling like I have to lose 50 pounds before I go there. Maybe I can put on some athletic clothes. Maybe I can go into the running shoe store and get a pair of running shoes and feel empowered to do it. So it does empower people to try new things. Not, you know, not just athletically, but in all areas of their life. I think running is a huge metaphor for our lives right. um, you know if we are hesitant to even try something that's slightly out of our comfort zone um, where is that showing up in the rest of our lives mm-hmm. because I can assure you that it is and so when you are empowered in, in this powerful way this like very visceral way of being moving your body through 
you know, through nature, then you are empowered in other ways. And so like the fact that we get to be in the spotlight is first of all, a tremendous honor, okay. but, um, but it's really, really important. And I think, um, I think a lot of companies, skirt sports included, obviously, hey. <laughs> are, are realizing this, you know, yes. first of all, <laughs> uh, we have money and we want to spend it. <laughs> uh, I mean, not a lot, yes. but I got some, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I think it's, I think it's important for the bottom line. I also think it's important just culturally and societally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's do a little advice or shout out to some people who are on their journey. Mm. Maybe they were addicts. Maybe they were trying to lose weight. Yes. You know, yeah. maybe they are experiencing loss in some other way or lost a job or depression. They're on their journey, but they're self-conscious. Mm. Yes. And they're... They're wondering if people are looking weird at them or whatever. Like, dig back into your early days. Like, what advice do you have for these people to help them keep going forward? You know, Mm -hmm. like, I... I've made peace with a lot of things, and I've made peace with the fact that people are watching and that people are going to be jerks. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And that sucks. It's, you know, I don't condone poor behavior. Um, I don't condone what was the, the oath that I gave in uh, I will not I will, I said I said okay I said here, I will the here's the oath okay, everybody, <laughs> raise your hand everybody raise your hand. I don't care where you okay. are raise your hand so um, yeah I promise to love myself I promise to love myself I promise to not be an asshole to myself. I promise to not be an asshole to myself. And I promise not to be an asshole to others. And I promise not to be an asshole to others. Unless they deserve it. Unless they deserve it, honey. So anyway, so that's kind of how I live my life. And I don't go out intentionally trying to be a jerk to people. But, you know, but just know that there are jerks out there. There are trolls. Mm -hmm. There are you can you can choose to. to confront that, um, you know, both both Latoya and I have in, in different ways, but yeah. we definitely have confronted our trolls. Yes. But they're gonna be, you're gonna troll yourself. There are gonna be people in your family circle and in your close oh, yeah. friend circle that you know either consciously or, or you know or explicitly or unconsciously try yeah. to sabotage your journey. Um, those people exist, and so you have to know that that that's gonna be there. Right. Um, and you already know, you probably already know that that's there. Yeah. But you have to um, move forward with your journey anyway and you have to it it takes a lot of practice Mm. to kind of let that all wash over you Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of practice especially if you've been dealing with that all your life right um you know and it takes practice to have confidence you know some people have confidence naturally and I definitely am not the person I I was never naturally confident I was confident in my academic abilities and that was it yeah yeah. and um but in any every other area of my life I wasn't so I had to practice I had to practice being okay with stepping outside in front of people being okay with trying sports I gave the illusion I gave the illusion for a long time that I had confidence um and to the point where I have to remind followers who write me in private um, like Instagram, I, I get a lot of people that will write me in mm. private. They're like, oh, thank you so much for showing me the sucky days. Uh, mm-hmm. I tell people that the tattoo I had, I, I got a tattoo on my arm um, after I graduated culinary school. I got it like when I found out I was going to be doing a speech for my graduating class. I had an instructor. His name is Chef Christopher Cruz. Uh, this guy is awesome. And he has this motto, and it was a story that stuck out to me. 
the words that he said was passion, dedication, professionalism. And I feel like it went beyond just the culinary aspect. You have to embody all of those things in your life. It's not, professionalism is not just something that you do at work. Mm-hmm. It's something that you embody at your job, mm-hmm. at, your, uh, at your home, you know, as a parent. You have to be able to be vulnerable enough to grow in your Mm. journey Mm. and a lot of people will point out like in my instagram videos like i do a lot of fitness videos or i do a lot of um, cooking videos in my instagram stories and people are constantly and that crack up they're like did you see that guy in the background that's like staring at you and i'm like yeah i'm I'm like i actually didn't know he existed you know like (laughs) you know and it's hilarious to me but at the same time i realized when i was actually conscious of Mm. these things when i went in and i'm like not only am I going in the gym and working out, I'm going into the elusive male section mm-hmm. where I'm lifting up weights and I have these guys that's like super territorial. You mean, wait, you mean the section that they think they own? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, please. You mean the ones that I won't leave from? The one that I got heckled right. from last week? That video was awesome, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I just kind of went off. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and that's when the troll kind of comes out of me. When it gets to a point where you have to mm-hmm. question whether it's the right time to stand up for something mm-hmm. or if you don't engage right. the troll. And that's a hard decision to make sometimes. Mm. Uh, well, I, especially when there's emotion. Oh, and yeah. you, you know and have admitted like you can, emotion can lead you. Yes. And that's something you've had to practice too. Yes. Like this idea of practice, practicing being confident. How the heck do you do that? Yeah. Practicing figuring out when is the right time to uh, not attack back, but like to confront. 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 Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it's hard to take out emotion. You know, like, like I don't care how many people that go out there. I would be lying to myself and others to say that there's nothing out there that would not bother me. But the thing is, um, and I believe Roz Mays, um, she's a um, plus size pole dancer. She's phenomenal. If you don't Amazing. know about her, please check her out. She said it best um, when I was interviewing her. And she's like, there's nothing that anyone can tell me that I haven't said to myself. Mm. And mm. when you acknowledge all of the negative things that you said to yourself, sometimes it put up this wall and this barrier where it's like, I already heard it. I used to be one of those people. I used mm. to be one of those people who would make fun of myself before anyone else in the room can actually so you do, could it. do it first. Yes, because it, it's, like it's like a barrier. But then you mm. have to learn that if you say something enough, you start to believe it, but it's, there's a reverse to that. If you start to tell yourself positive things, I have positive affirmations I tell myself every morning, especially when it gets hard. I take a sticky note, I'm notorious for doing this. I take a sticky note, I choose a body part or I choose a certain part um, that I'm really insecure about and I say, okay, I'm gonna write down three things about myself that I absolutely love, even if it's hard, mm. even if I'm struggling. Mm. And I will force myself not to engage or embrace the negative parts right. that I can easily point out. Because we can point out mm. all the negative things right. in like a minute or less. Right. But it's like struggle bus <laughs> to but, yeah. point out these positive yeah. aspects. And it's about, um, you know, from a, I guess, a psychological perspective um, or a neurological perspective, it's about creating new neural pathways because right. our brains have the ability to do that. Yeah. So when you are stating a mantra or reciting a mantra or or writing your sticky notes with three positive things or, mm-hmm. or you're practicing gratitude, that's it becomes a habit right. and it becomes ingrained into your psyche. And so if you don't already have that, you should know that 
you can actually create that for yourself. And that is the beauty, I think, of both of our journeys. We, yeah. can, we can create those things for ourselves despite the negativity that's coming from within and, and, yeah. and coming from without. Yeah, you know, you mm-hmm. have a lot of people that will say, oh, you're super strong. And I'm mm-hmm. like, strong is beyond just the physical act. Right. Strong comes from mental. By the way, Latoya is strong. She's so strong. Oh my goodness, she's so strong. I picked up everybody at the retreat. You didn't pick up me. You didn't pick up me. But no, no, no. You know I will. No, we're not. No, we are not. I'm, I'm injured. So wait a minute. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'll be nice. We picked up Latoya. Yes. Oh my goodness. It took it a few strong women to because pick up Latoya. All but we put you yeah. up oh there, God. and man, it was amazing. You know, and the thing is, um, oh, God, I don't know what she Shirt is, Sport and Spa wow. Ambassador wrote on the picture. Um, it was the most beautiful statement. And I was like, wow. And I, was, I read this like 3 o'clock in the morning, and I actually mm. teared up. And she said, thank you so mm. much for trusting us enough to carry yeah. you. And I was like, yeah. thank you for the metaphorical mm. and oh. physical aspect, because that's something I struggle with. And also, Trust. you yes. know, the other metaphor, I think, is that, you know, even though, like, you perceive somebody as being super strong and right. super and just indestructible. I mean, like, I look at you and I'm like, this girl that's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> like, both, what both, I think. Both, yeah. You know, like, verbally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mentally, physically. Yeah. But we also, um, I'm saying we, you, <laughs> uh, uh, yes, you, you sure, I mean, sure. like, no, but like, um, I think it, it's, we can all work to, to uplift everybody, yeah, right. you know, whether, you know, whether they are, um, I, icons, whether they're normal people that have a little bit of a, we're still you know, human. Like, we're well, still human. Cause here's the thing. Uplifting. When everyone went to lift Latoya, she goes, Oh my God, no, no, no. Yeah, it I was, was so, like, you yeah. had to let go of that trust at that moment. Yeah. When you had just finished a freaking race and you were at your most vulnerable. Yeah, and that's and wow. the thing is, there is strength in the vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are so scared to be vulnerable. We are so conditioned to mm. be to be closed off, to not trust people. I remember yeah. growing up and like one of the, um, like the biggest piece of advice mm-hmm. I got was don't trust women. Which is so this retreat for me was oh, beyond gosh. therapeutic mm-hmm. because all of my life, like I had, I had a lot of females from like, like devastate me. Um, I didn't really get hurt by men. I got hurt more by women. Uh, it, I hate to say this, and hopefully my husband doesn't take this the wrong way. It was more or <laughs> he less won't like, yeah, exactly. Like I'm like, it's like okay, I've heard this podcast like 50 times. Like you know, but, um, I find my, I value my marriage. I'm, I value my family. But when it came down to my friendships. It's the family I choose. So when the family mm. I choose let me down in a harsh way and they're unapologetic about it, mm. it makes me close up. Mm-hmm. I remember at one point I never hugged people. I'm shocked at myself when I think back like I was the person that didn't hug people. Wow. I didn't want people within my proximity. I was still an extrovert, but I was like one of those weird in between like fine line, extroverted, introverted, and it throws people off even to this mm. day where people don't understand that there are times I have to pull myself away from people. Mm. And they're like, oh my God, she was super happy yesterday. She was vibrant. And then I have moments where I'm just like, I don't want to talk to anyone for months. Mm. But this is so interesting because 
think about what you just said. You picked up everyone at the retreat. A, that's very symbolic for helping elevate mm-hmm. other people, right, but right. also it's the ultimate hug. You yeah. picked me up. I was like, this is the best hug I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and I can't escape it. And, yes. I, have, yes. and I have to give into it. Into right. it, right. And that is like so beautiful and such a great, beautiful place to have come. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Well, that's, you know, and Nicole, I would say that is the it's really telling um, in terms of what you have created right. and for this community of women uplifting other women. Right. And that's really what it's about. I mean, like, we got cute clothes mm-hmm. but <laughs> that are functional, right. Go to by the, the way. You know? oh but, um, <laughs> but this the community, like, as soon as you walk into the room, there's this, there's this incredible enthusiasm and passion just for being human right. to each yeah. other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and as I said, uplifting each other, mm-hmm. um, both in physical ways mm-hmm. and yes. other ways. Exactly. You know? And it's 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 really incredible. And there are not a lot of spaces yeah. in oh, which or yeah. where this happens. It, there, you know, yeah. um, especially with women. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we kind of like sometimes we have this crabs in a barrel mentality where it's like I have to be one step above mm. you to feel important. Mm. And instead, I couldn't help but look at the messages that was on Facebook or on Instagram mm-hmm. and it's like people are telling their own stories because mm-hmm. you know sometimes people get think that their story is not good enough mm-hmm. um, and I think we spoke about that um, mm-hmm. over lunch that people think that their stories are not powerful enough I don't have a struggle story so mine is not that important mm-hmm. it's not that significant everybody has a human story. everybody has a yeah, human yeah. story mm-hmm. so what may strike out to someone like my story might be significant to a certain group mm-hmm. and then others are like Mm-mm, this is too much I need somebody I can relate to Right? Everybody's right. story is significant in some type of way, and you should not be afraid to share that story. You should not be afraid to embrace that story yeah. because it's not about what you know what may have broke you at some point. It's about how you're going to build yourself mm. up, and along that way, you are going to struggle. There's going to be a, a time where I'm going to hit rock bottom all mm. over again, but you embrace it. It's not about the moments that you rise every five minutes is about how you can recover right. when everything mm. is completely against you. Yeah. And that's the, that's the life is nothing but a marathon, mm. you know, and once you embrace it as that, that there's going to be that, that wall, that metaphorical wall mm-hmm. that you're going to hit mm-hmm. at mile 16, or maybe that's now year 33, year 42 mm-hmm. of your life. And you're like, Oh my God, I can't take this anymore. The, you know, everything's against me. You know, I'm losing my house, which I've heard people on this retreat say things like, you know, um, I'm getting a divorce or, you know, um, everybody in my community don't like me too much or whatever. And I got to escape that Mm. for a weekend. It's much more than just a trip. Mm -hmm. It's much more than just Mm -hmm. product. It's much more than just a brand. This is, this is family. So we're going to need to scale this retreat um, to other places. Hello. Just saying, just throwing it out there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, here's what I'm hearing though we're all connected and we're not alone. Mm. Yeah. And when we have a safe environment to come together, that's when magic happens. Yes. yes. I mean, I do agree. So for those of you listening who are not like skirt sports ambassadors, you wouldn't know this, but we actually had a like private skirt ambassador retreat. Mm-hmm. And we bring women of from basically our mantra together, all ages, all yes. sizes, all, all levels, oh, wow. all bodies. Mm-hmm you know, all jobs, all preferences, who cares your political, whatever, we don't care. And we just come together because we want the community, we want open minds, Mm -hmm. and and it feels like 
this big love fest of almost like I wasn't in a sorority, but what I imagine that feeling yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And to the point of like, no one wants to go home to their husband. Yeah. Because yeah, exactly, yeah. that's a whole different energy, yeah, you know? I it's like you gotta just go home. His birthday's tomorrow. Oh, you gotta go home. We're gonna turn <laughs> a switch for you. There are lots of pictures on, of, on Facebook of people at the airport with sad faces. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that is, that makes, like, warms my heart because that's all I wanna do. And I've figured it out finally as I've got older that that is what I'm good at Mm. and I think something that also I'm seeing in both of you is like this journey of and you're both like through some hard parts which you'll hit again right but you're starting to see what you're about and the big impact you can have the positive Mm. impact on the world and it feels freaking awesome yes it is scary it is invigorating Mm. but I've learned to embrace it because I couldn't embrace it for two years no. I was just telling people, like, please stop calling me inspiring. I'm like, um, <laughs> like, it was like, and the thing is, they're like, why are you not embracing this word? And I'm like, inspiring is scary because mm. you're all, you're constantly on edge of, I have everyone watching and what happens mm. when I fail? Right. Because there's going to be a moment where you can put in all the training, mm-hmm. you can do everything right. And then, you know, there's that metaphorical race day. Mm-hmm. And then you're like me on the Spartan race where mile one, you already injured yourself and you have. 29 more miles to right. go right and you at that point it's like a sink or swim mm-hmm. kind of feeling it's like do i keep going um how do i tell you know all these people who is like oh my god you're super inspiring mm-hmm. how do i not devastate them and i realized that mm-hmm. in that moment like of going through these injuries on that on that particular course it wasn't i wasn't a failure it was something that I had to experience at the mm-hmm. moment because yeah. if you're constantly winning, 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 and then all of a sudden you don't experience it until maybe five, ten years from now, some people are completely devastated by that and they never recover. And that's real life. I mean, think about parenting. Mm-hmm. We try to pick our kids oh, up God. and we don't let them because we do not want them to hurt. It sucks to yeah. watch that, the tears and all that. But, yeah. you know, you got to let them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean... Our parents let us. I'm just like suddenly had a flashback to last night. Myrna and I were sitting out on the <laughs> patio having some dinner. Wilder was in the bathtub, but the window was facing the patio. And literally every two minutes, Myrna, I love you. So, and she only said, I love you, mom, once. She did. Myrna got like 25 of them. Oh, my God. She's like, no, no, you're always here. All right. <laughs> We've got a little more time. I mean, we're already over, but I've decided to throw the 5K idea the out the window. A half this marathon. Like, it's a walking 5K. There you go. It's okay, like a hike. Okay. Um, so let's talk lady problems for a mm. few minutes. Yes. Uh, can we talk lady problems? Yeah, oh, talk, oh, tell okay. me your best because, lady problem. Um, actually, all right, so a lot of people already know that I went out to Portugal, to the Azores Islands, um, in uh, in the middle of the Atlantic. Oh and um, I uh, was already injured. <laughs> uh, and I thought it was, but I thought it was okay. I thought that my, my leg felt, my ankle felt okay. Oh but God. so I started the 65K very, very... Um, uh, elevation heavy um Mm. race that i had been invited to and i had been flown out and so like talk about the onus of you know inspiration right um you know so i feel like everybody's watching me and everything so then i get my period on the Mm. (laughs) on the course yes and i'm also injured and i couldn't finish the race oh my god and um wait did you bring any supplies i mean i it was three days early but i always bring supplies with Mm -hmm. me okay like Like on the course on the course Mm -hmm. like like because you know i'm also a backpacker so like 
Like I oh. always bring stuff with me. And so, is it an unsupported course? It, no, like, it was it was supported, but then there, no one had tampons. Right, right. right. <laughs> totally, totally. They had um, melba toast and cheese and wine. But <laughs> that, that's, that's not gonna help. So you know, so, or or beer. Um, but uh, yeah, it was uh, so like to add, you know. Like another layer to my uh, disappointment, I was also like, I was really extremely tired because, you know, that's it typically what it, it drains you. And but I mean, like I couldn't, I couldn't go on because of my ankle. But like that just added another layer to that. And so, but you know, but that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people, you know, my fat girl running group, a lot of people um, on Facebook, which you should join, even if you're not fat. Yeah. Um, and uh, fat girl running one, one word. Anyway, so. Um, <laughs> So I'll I'll remember. Caps. I'll caps. love it. Yes. And, um, you know, but like a lot of people are scared to go out and uh, because, you know, some some people have been told that, you know, you know, you should be just be in bed or you should, mm-hmm. you know, you should just watch it and your uterus is going to fall out. Oh, and, God, you know, yeah. like and there's still these like myths Weird, you know, circulating know. And around cultural, uh, yeah, and, and cultural things, you know. Things, yeah. And yeah. so um, and so but and I, but I know people also have differing levels of pain and, and, and fatigue and whatnot. And so like everybody's mm-hmm. experience is very individual. But like but most people can go out and do stuff and, um, you know, you know, during a uh, menstruation but um you know so like so that was just another thing but uh let's let me give you a little tip about tampons Mm, (laughs) i love it um uh cut the cord and lube up Mm -hmm. if you're going to race or run or do a long run yeah because uh, been there done that uh not the most comfortable kind of chafing (laughs) um but you you know you live and you learn do you You double no i do do tampon i do a pad i can't do that i have well i have endometriosis so, oh right, yeah, right, right. So yeah, so for like mm-hmm. yeah. someone going through that, and then I have fibroids mm-hmm. on top of it. Yeah, it will make you Jesus. bleed oh in like 30, 45 minutes on a heavy. Right. Like wow. thankfully, I had the laparoscopic mm-hmm. um, surgery. It's basically like small incisions. Mm-hmm. It's very, very, very small. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go through like with a camera, and they uh-huh. take it. And they like kind of like use like a laser, and they kind of take out all of the areas, and they kind of clean you out. Like there's the scarring and all that. Yeah, thing. but there's no cure for this. So this is lifelong until right. I go through menopause, and then that's a different type of hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. I don't think any of us are there yet. Yeah. But I'm gonna be first by far. Because oh. I'm by far the eldest of the group here, hey, you youngest. By like what hey. three years? Well, for me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're the youngest. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of a baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but endometriosis is a beast, and I've had a lot of people ask me like, "How do you do it?" And like, there is like so many like, there's no tricks. Okay, Some people explain do, explain what oh, it is to people who yes, don't know. Yes, 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 because I've had a lot of people that didn't know what endometriosis. Endometriosis is basically like a backup of like your fallopian tubes get backed up with a whole bunch of blood clots and it has nowhere to go it is super painful so here's the double whammy with me i have sciatica which is basically like this really tough back pain that radiates up certain parts of your spine Mm -hmm. and it can go up to your um your brain and give you spinal headaches there are no aspirins that can really treat this it can go all the way down to your toes i have every ounce of that um your butt your back yeah so Mm -hmm. and that's that's exactly it where the, to be very TMI, um, but it's okay. You you got this far in the podcast, right? So, um, <laughs> but to be very TMI, why not? So here here's the problem with me. Um, so last year I had uh, the reason why the the marathon was so significant with me um, last year is that I was pregnant with twins, and I miscarried. Now for years I uh, I was struggling. Like I, I stopped counting after my fourth miscarriage. I just is 
too much trauma for me to really reflect on it and harp on it. Uh, and for years, I kept complaining about my menstrual. I'm like, I'm going through these, you know, insane pains. And unfortunately, and you know, not all hospitals and doctors, some people frown on taking people seriously when it comes to women's health, mm-hmm. when it comes to our reproductive health, where they're like, okay, especially if you're young, mm-hmm. like people associate, you know, um, illnesses mm-hmm. with older people. They don't really already associate it with the things that you can physically see. Mm-hmm. Like when someone see me, the last thing they're thinking, they're like, oh, okay, maybe athlete, but they're not thinking disabled when when they see me. And I'm, a, I'm technically a disabled athlete. Um, with endometriosis, it clogs up the fallopian tubes. It has all of this backed up menstrual uh, to a point where it inflames the fallopians. It inflames the, um, it actually can mess with your urinary tract. It can and it can mess with your bowels. It makes it, it would have got to a point where I would have went to the bathroom one day and would have felt like I couldn't go. I would be desperately wanting to use the bathroom, but it wouldn't come out. Mm-hmm. And that was the stage that I was at. It's like, there's different levels. It does not kill people, typically. Um, it can be that severe where it can cause other issues. Like sepsis probably. Yeah, 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 it can like literally, like if you don't treat it, because I kept, um, trying to figure out why was I getting UTIs and I just thought maybe mm. the running and the sweating mm-hmm. and all maybe, the sex yeah and all, all the insane <laughs> sex oh god the lovely sex thank you husband I oh, know <laughs> but um yeah you just think that you know is that and I realized that I just kept blaming it on sciatica I was like right. no it's my sciatica pain and I was like oh my menstrual was coming I was misdiagnosed over five times, I was told PMDD, which is premenstrual dysmorphic disorder, which basically causes an imbalance. I was like, why am I so emotional? And I just woke up, it's 6 a.m., why am I crying? Um, and you don't realize that these things are associated with things like fibroids and endometriosis. Yeah. Um, you don't realize how much it throws off your pH balance. It throws off the things that you can eat. Like you should uh, completely avoid soy as much as possible mm. when you have fibroids and endometriosis because it just eats at it and makes your pain worse. You have to change your so diet. Phytoestrogens. Um, yeah, a lot. A Fi- lot. I'm sorry, phytoestrogens. Phytoestrogens. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <sighs> It's brutal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when it comes to the other part of the TMI section, um, my <laughs> first blog, to introduce some, if, you have, if you're interested, check out runningfatchef.com. My first blog entry after my introduction was about the gingerbread man. And the gingerbread man is very, very interesting. And it was about my first time experience um, thinking that a little fart actually turned out to be a little shat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and people are like, you whisper it like it happens. Um, and it comes from uh, a lot of things. It can be, it, runner's trust is basically runner's diarrhea. Or if it's severe, is runner's colitis, mm-hmm. which is a little bit more severe. If you start seeing blood in your stool or if it's black, you should talk to a doctor. But mm-hmm. most times runner's trots or runner's diarrhea is something that you have to change in your diet um it could be a hydration issue it could be like as simple as me eating beets calling myself healthy eating beets at like 6 a.m and then wondering like oh why is my stool coming out red and it's runny um a cute little fart is not a cute little fart especially when you're four miles in you got 10 more to go okay so this is partly why we made the gotta go skirt right and we made it wide enough that you can do both duties in the skirt yeah. it's not just for peeing <laughs> just let it go you know <laughs> yeah just let it go you just gotta open the hatch first let except for yeah. unless you're on a road marathon it's not cute to be at the middle no, of no, round no. three no on, on the, the road. road in front of people yeah um, <laughs> 
man. Let's yeah. let's talk boobs too. Oh, because you know I'm like boobs. an A cup. My boobs are they don't do much. They just I don't even really need to wear a bra out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, but and yeah. I but I there's they they serve an amazing purpose yeah, they and do. they, they nursed a baby and yeah. they did all kinds of stuff or whatever. They look cute. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. <laughs> they're little cute things. But you know, long ago I used to stash stuff in between them. So mm-hmm. then I created that little cleavage alley oh, pocket so you didn't get <laughs> chafing because mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do is get chafing on your boobs yeah. now both of you are bigger than a cups mm. and um, you probably- i'm a 42 double d just yeah. to be completely yeah, a- transparent <laughs> I'm a 38 double d sometimes. more men will now be listening yes <laughs> hey. Hi guys. Um, <laughs> i mean you've probably experienced chafing in a oh, different yeah. way than oh, yeah. i have oh, i yeah. lost my nipple at one point part what my nipple I made a mistake. You, I wish that you shirt lost was around. It? I lost part of my nipple. How? Um, I made a mistake and put my keys there. You know, like boot pockets. Oh. Like, yeah, you yeah, know, like, like the yeah. jelly. Yeah, exactly. like, you know, the old school pockets. Did you the jelly in the uh, race oh, uh, I thought we did. No. Oh, mm. We took it out. But okay. I just have a natural one anyway. So yeah, so like, yeah. boop, boop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're all sticking our fingers on cleavage <laughs> right now. Don't worry about but it. But you know, like with boobs, you you, you just gotta. Um, I get this question. I'm sure you get this question probably multiple times a day mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. about what kind of bra should I wear, or you know, oh, I chafe all the time. That's a struggle. And you know, you know, you really just it's it's a matter of going out and trying different bras and to. of applying lube, like body glide yes, or squirrel nut butter, mm-hmm. Vaseline, coconut oils. I use everything. Uh, mm-hmm. I use body glide, and and I also. So, uh, body glide and oil and 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 petroleum jelly and whatever I, and I slather it actually all over the bra mm-hmm. on the on seams the yeah. um, on the straps right. um, and then I slather it between the boobies yes. um, under the boobies mm-hmm. on my shoulders and I I usually chafe in the back oh and so uh, yeah under, yeah underarm under well underarm. I, I don't, you don't get that I don't get that but yeah, like but yeah so cut, yeah it depends on the on the cut yeah. so like you and you have to it's trial and error you have to there's no one way everybody's body is different and Mm -hmm. so you have to I would say lube more um, you know, in the beginning, and uh, and if you feel like or find that you don't have to lube in a particular area, then don't. But like, definitely, and don't, don't worry about putting the stuff on your bra. I mean, it's gonna be sweaty and gross anyway. Exactly. Um, you know, get it, invest in a really, really good bra. Um, you know what? And also, I want to say to people that sometimes you just have to wear two bras. I mean, oh, just sometimes uh, you do. See, uh, okay. And it's and it's like I, you know, well, I have the struggle. Um, sometimes uh, I have to wear two bras, yes. and you know, even if they're really, really good really compressive bras um like i have one b- boob that's way bigger than the other one which i know a Most lot of, of women us, deal yeah. like but it's like way bigger <laughs> and, um but you know sometimes i have to use two bras that's okay you know those are heavy um anyway so <laughs> if you could see what's happening in the studio oh, right oh they're gonna see it but, i just took okay. a video so anyway so yeah like and, and it's okay it's it's okay if you have bigger boobs they're heavier yeah. and you don't want them to move around as much it is okay to wear two bras if you can find one that is like super compressive and you know more power to you but you know mm-hmm. i have not found the perfect bra yet um we're working on you know, it for you mm-hmm. is working on it and um <laughs> but you know what and and, and i bounce a little it's okay have, can i and, talk about the other tmi the other tmi the other, TMI. Um, yeah. the other TMI is the perineum. Oh, oh. I thought okay, it was called the perineum. Perineum, yeah, I'm jacking perineum? it up. Sorry. Perineum? perineum? I, don't, I don't know. Like it's like the thing that tears when you have a, oh, a yeah. natural childbirth. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Now I get anal chafing. 
Um, and it's rough. Like people are like, okay, where does it burden? I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, you don't want to know. Um, and can't you just put lube there too? Yes, yes I do. You can. Yes, you can. It feels weird, but but you know, listen, I will embrace the KY okay, okay, jelly. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, it feels weird. But if you don't want to not, you don't want to have that pain after right. or during a run. Yes. Yes. I've definitely had to drop out. Um, I dropped out of oh, the 50k once because I had so much chafing back there that I could yeah, and then it's and like, labia chafing yeah. and labia yes. too yeah. because oh, gosh, like yeah. things don't stay the same no, as you don't. get older no, 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 no. Don't. and I mean we talk about labias all the time at skirt sports because we're making the shorties right. and stuff yeah. and like mm-hmm. where does the seam go yeah. and how right. does it like yeah so this is what happens. Yes. It's lovely. And yes. there are ways we can Welcome avoid it. to womanhood. It. Yes, I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, you guys. We've been actually one hour on our oh hike God. run. Um, let's, uh, let's continue lady problems on another day. Absolutely. Because there are so many more. So many. So amazing. Yes. By the way, did you know that boobs move up and down, hey. right and left, and... Mm-hmm. Forward and, and back. back. Yes. That's the one that always gets me. I'm like, oh, they're going forward and back? Really? Yeah. Well, mine yeah. aren't really. Mine are moving like a micro, you know, millimeter. But, <laughs> but you know, that's a I got two deal. inches here. Aww. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Okay. So we're going to leave our listeners with one final nugget from each of you mm. to help them run their worlds in a bigger and better way. Oh, you're going to We're going to fight to go first oh, on God. this one. Okay. Um... My advice, uh, my advice to anyone who is looking, like people are always looking for like this special answer of how do you get start, started with something? Uh, how do you get started with running? How do you get started with going to the gym? How do you get over the um, gym anxiety? Consistency mm-hmm. is the key. You don't have to, like people will get caught up with this illusion of, oh my God, I signed up for this couch to 5K plan. And what if I can't run completely through or how can I start? If you cannot run, how about you start walking? Um, Like simple it, like dumb it down to your level. And I mean, and I don't mean that in like a rude way. Seriously, like instead of looking at it as, oh, this week says that I have to start running, you know, for a half a minute and then I have to walk. If you cannot do it, Keep moving. And that's really metaphorical for any aspect mm. of fitness. Keep moving. Keep going. It, even if it, when it comes down to gym and it translates into those gym fears of I'm scared that everybody's staring at me. If you have to find a coping mechanism where you have headphones. Headphones are sometimes like my, my cape where mm. I can tune out the entire world and I don't play music. Mm. I literally put on these big overproof headphones because it's like a barrier of telling people stay away. Mm. Um, They know that I'm in my zone, that I'm Mm. focused. And even if they tap you, because it's going to be a day that someone is going to try to correct your form. It happens to us women all the time. Mm. And I'm pretty sure there's a couple of men out there, especially, you know, plus size guys who have their own insecurities. But unfortunately, I'm sorry, this is not a male podcast. Um, (laughs) But, um, you know, when you go into the gym, you're like, oh, my God, everybody's staring at me. So what? You know, and it's easier said than done. It means day one, you walk around the gym. You don't work out. You don't have to work out. Walk in there for five minutes. Go in your best apparel. Get yourself into the moon. Whatever mantra that you have to embrace, you do that. And then when you feel comfortable, not like this, oh, okay, on day five, I have to. Take those restrictions, take those expectations and throw it out the window. You have to treat it like yoga. Yoga practice, you can go in one day and be incredibly strong. And then the next day you're shaky and wobbly. But as we say in yoga, if you're shaking, it's good because that's Mm. growth. Mm. So 
look at any aspect of fitness or in your life and find a way to embrace it as such. Because sometimes we are so, like, I hate to say it, as much as I love my social media account and I love my followers, sometimes people look at me and my journey and they're constantly comparing themselves and saying, oh my God, you're so beautiful, you're so strong, I wish I can be like that. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm this, I'm that. And I'm like, stop the negative self-talk. Mm. I stopped them right there in their, in their tracks and they're like, I want to be like you. And I always tell them, be better than me. Mm. Be better than me. Use me as a muse as much as you see um, that you see possible. Use the people that inspires you, almost like a vision board. Use us as a muse. And once you have it down, make it your own. I love it. Mm. That's it. Amen. I love it. Well, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. So Latoya is now Myrna's muse. So I was going to say. Say, I'm saying. Well, you know, my, you know having uh, children, right? So I was going to say um, that my son used to tell me, uh, and he still tells me, even though he's 15, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Right? So for, for me, that um, what that means to me is that, you know, you start where you start. Right. Again, like just like Latoya said, you might see people on Instagram or whatever, and they're um, engaged in their own journeys. Um, and I actually wrote about this for Runner's World in the yeah. April issue about about um, creating your own fitness narrative and, and yes. owning your own journey. Because really, your journey is your own. It doesn't belong to anybody else. Right. And so you're going to start wherever you start. And, you, and we have to be okay with that. So if you start from a place where you haven't, ever worked out or you haven't worked out in a long time accept it and then move on because if you don't accept it then you cannot move on um so you know if that means that you're only you're only doing you can only run for 10 seconds you can run for 10 seconds Mm -hmm. and that's better than not running at all or that's better than not moving or not getting off the couch so um so know that you know there are training plans out there that say you you have to do something or whatever and you and and you can compete be completely flexible with yourself. Make sure that um, you are okay with yourself. Um, I mean, that, I think that's part of the part of anybody's um, fitness journey or any or anything. Um, you have to be okay with yourself. You have to own yourself, and you have to acknowledge that you know you are an individual person um, with individual goals and dreams and individual ways of doing things. And that's okay. That is that is perfectly fine. And then once you own that, then you can move on and then you can progress. Well, first of all, thank you for both being all of our muses. Thank you for helping people accept who they are, where they are, and moving forward with what they have. Because that's all it is. It's all it's about, right, ladies? Amen. Preach the word. And it's about taking <laughs> selfies and doing Snapchat or Instagram stories, yes. which LaToya might be doing right now. <laughs> all right, everybody. Over and out. Another rousing episode of Run This World. All right, then. Oh, my gosh. How is your energy level right now? Because mine's pretty awesome. And I definitely could have kept going with these two. Just so fun, so insightful, so helpful, so raunchy. (laughs) I just love it. Um, I love that we kind of started the episode by saying, yeah, we're all nuts. We're all kind of nuts, you know. Um, And that running is truly a metaphor for life. And not just running, but like our fitness journeys, I would say. 
it, it really is pretty cool how you go through the different waves. You can do it in, in one workout or definitely in an event like a marathon, like the waves of life just it's it's about ups, downs, and all arounds, getting over barriers and, and celebrating moments. You know, I think in the end, this was one of my favorite episodes because it was just a really fun conversation. Sometimes it's hard to interview two people at the same time. Um, but the, these two, I mean, they just made it so easy. And it's funny because, you know, you might look at LaToya and Myrna and be like, Oh, they're kind of like just very similar, right? They're kind of similar in in stature, right? They're both representing plus size and and the black community and doing ultra running and ultra events, um, but their messages are different. And how they came to be who they are is very different. But it doesn't mean that their end goals aren't similar in so many ways. And that's what I love about these two. They can kind of get into it and really bounce stuff off each other, but there's just so much uh, mutual respect that, and they know that they can grow from each other. And that's what I hope you take from this today is just a little bit of growth. I mean, there are way too many nuggets way too many throughout this episode for me to recap. I mean, it's just, it's pretty much impossible. Um, so what I want to do is just end it by saying thank you. You know, thanks for listening. Thanks for having an open mind. Thanks for embracing all of the incredible guests that I have the most just honor, hugest honor to interview and sit in front of and pick their brains Thank you for being part of this process. If I was doing it just for myself, I'd still do it. But knowing that there are people out there who could potentially benefit from hearing different sides of people's stories and different perspectives on life, that's what really keeps me going. So thank you too to LaToya and Myrna for uh, being willing guinea pigs in the process here and for putting yourselves out there in the world and for plowing forward when people try to cut you down because we all know that in the end those people it's not about you it's about them and there are so many more people out there in the world who want to lift and elevate us together so that's what i say today everyone let's lift and elevate all right we're gonna leave it on that well there you go you know what time it is it's time to get out there and run this world have a great workout We'll see you next week.